0: Okay, so guys, what are we gonna be talking about? Oh, Zane, you know what? You wanna get in the corner oh, over there. Darn it. All right, come on in. All right, here we go. Porn. So, what is porn, firstly?
1: Uh well, porn is obviously uh, adult content, meaning uh, one goes seeking for sexual relief online. Uh, it is probably the most um, frequent content, frequented content online. And I would say the most um, hosted content online, meaning that's most of what's on the internet. Most of what's on the internet is porn. Yeah. Um, You don't
0: think
1: so? Yeah, Pornhub, um, the biggest, one of the biggest uh, companies is a Canadian-based... Canadian-based? Yeah, Canadian-based company. And I think they (laughs) have, like, maybe 20 other sites linked through them, so... I could name them all which would might
0: betray <laughs> certain research. <laughs> it says according to the Huffington Post, thirty percent of all data transferred across the internet is porn. That's probably a plurality
2: of most of the data.
0: Yeah, thirty yeah. percent. Yo, that's insane.
2: Isn't that whack? Okay, so not majority, but a good substantial Sure. Take. I I'd imagine a plurality and certainly when you think about what it does to the to the mindset, uh but to to a lot of guys it's just irresistible, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying, if they if they can't get off, uh, and I mean this is what we were talking about before, there's a lot of guys who just can't get girlfriends, don't know how to talk to girls, don't mm-hmm. know how to put themselves out there, and so they go to the internet, they go and watch the porn because it's their temporary relief, it's like a drug for them, exactly. which is horrifying, but the thing is, and this is what I was trying to get at, is when you first discover it which i don't know for me it was sixth grade i don't know about you guys maybe it was pretty later. young yeah pretty yeah. young but when you when you first get into it and when people start talking about it nobody knows exactly those risks uh normalized and, yeah. exactly and you know the the irony is that when i was um when i was in high school and whatnot we would go to confession uh which is you know Catholicism, we go to confession, tell the priest all of our sins. Uh, the priest would always ask, ask every college student or high school student, he would ask him, have you been watching porn? And always the response was yes. And- and he and he understood. He said, "Okay, you know, you're a teenager, that's what you do." But then he would give his spiel about how porn is actually really bad and really damaging. And none of us would listen when we were young because we thought to ourselves, "Well, he's religious, so he's just going to give us that spiel about mm-hmm. how we should wait till we're married and we're not going to listen to that." But now I'm in college and I'm not just hearing it from the priest. I'm hearing it from a lot of people who are saying that Okay, well, it's not even just a moral thing. I it, Porn, I do find, is pretty morally reprehensible on the one hand. Mm-hmm. But it's also really bad for your psyche, mm-hmm. you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, from a very neuroscience perspective, we like to do things that uh, perpetuate our genes.
1: Mm-hmm. So, like,
0: we like to survive and we like to have sex. Yes. yes. These two things. So, porn is on the side of having sex,
2: mm-hmm.
0: right? So, by its nature, it's going to be addictive. Yeah right and because porn is so easily accessible today you're you're providing something very easy and very rewarding to a person so of course it's going to be addictive yeah. people are going to be addicted to it right. that's why you have like online communities called uh what's it called nofap yeah nofap, nofap. yeah which is like porn fasting yeah it is uh, and like masturbation fasting
2: mhm it's like 90 days they say you go without doing any of that stuff and then your mind will reset uh, I don't really know about that, but for most guys I know, they can't go 10 days without doing it. You know, it's it's sort of an unspoken, uh, relatively unspoken phenomenon among most men. Uh, and I, I say nowadays it'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who actually would try to justify it, you know what I'm saying? But it's that getting over it because when you were younger, you got into it and you can't get off it.
0: It says over here that a survey of 813 college students at six American colleges and universities showed that about 67% of college age men say that pornography is acceptable. Oh, wow. BYU students were not part of the study. Um, This is on DeseretNews.com. Wow. As well as BYU researchers found that 86% of college men and 31% of college women have viewed pornographic material within the past year. Wow. Okay, that's an, let's this do gonna, a survey. No, that's that's incorrect. Like That's inaccurate.
2: I don't know. I mean, well... I it's higher. About,
0: it's higher than that. Bro. Sure. I mean, you know,
2: think about who you talk to. You know, a lot of... I guess maybe I could be wrong. There's then, some self-selection
0: bias in that. Yeah. That people are going to... People, some people are straight up going to lie about that.
1: Yeah. Huh. Um, among my friends, it's it's been normal, but... Um, I'm actually part of the NoFap. i a graduate of the NoFap community. <laughs> Are you I, actually? Yeah. Um. So I went to Reddit first at first. After realizing, um, among any other things, after I saw a TED talk, uh, this researcher was looking into uh, addiction generally, and he focused on behavioral addiction. So mm-hmm. they thought, all right, okay, we're gonna find out. Uh, they conducted a study in Finland, and they're gonna they were trying to find out how addictive is porn, and, and should we consider it. In clinical terms, so should we medicalize it? And what they found was they were trying to find a control group, someone in Finland who hadn't watched porn. They could (laughs) not (laughs) find a single male, teen male and up, who hadn't watched porn. So, I mean, the pervasiveness is, even though some people will say no, they haven't uh, watched porn, it's probably just like uh, we just mentioned before. It's easily accessible. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's instant gratification, high reward. There is no way in heck that we can talk about this issue without acknowledging that.
2: I do have one friend, I will say this, who claims he's never watched porn and never masturbated in his life. He's my age, he's 20 years old, and he's in the military, so he's a very straight-laced kind of guy. Mm-hmm. Very kind of...
0: Uh, is he religious at all?
2: Yeah, he is. Uh, he's, he's really more... Um, how do I describe him? He's, he's just a very prudent type of guy. So
0: it's what not Prudy that he's,
2: mean? so, you know, he's very, he's got reserved. a lot of restraint. Yeah, sure. he's, he's very reserved. Uh, it's not that I'd call him not sexual or not interested in sex. It's just, he's been able to control himself for that long. Maybe like, yeah. like you said, he could be being straight up lying. Well, I don't know. And for me, it certainly is hard to imagine somebody who's gone the past, 20 years of their life in the current
1: age mm-hmm. without at least having once taken a and, glance at it. And maybe, maybe to disentangle it, masturbation, I would uh, submit to you, is a natural phenomenon that here and then can be allowed without the, uh, the administration of porn. Like, it, it yeah. shouldn't be... It's independent it's not from a moral, pornography. It's, it's not a moral failing, I would say. I would say as an animal... One has hormones, so th- yeah, if you're going to masturbate, that should be a, a, a normal thing to keep in mind when you talk about that topic. I think when you're a teenager, um, especially teenagers yeah. are all geared up
2: and ready to go,
0: yeah, for sure. Rather so, that
2: than impregnate a chick, man, that, yeah. that's
0: true, and <laughs>
2: certainly it was a lot easier when people were getting married at the age of 17 or 18 because that's when. They have their sexual mm-hmm. uh, urges at its height, mm-hmm. but they don't have to wait another twelve years before they're getting married. And this is kind of something me and Fahad were talking about before: was that if you're waiting till you're thirty, it's kind of hard to imagine yourself
0: avoiding all of those types of vices. Yo, but but even in the past, people who would get married later, uh, actually no, men w- not all men would be not all men would have the luxury of getting married at such an early age. Mm-hmm. Why? Because they would have to build themselves up. Right, financially, and then afterwards get married. So these guys, um, even in the absence of of pornography and in the absence of, of like all this kind of stuff, they still had to wait a long time to get married.
2: When exactly are you talking about?
0: Like before the before the modern age. Before like people were starting to work at like what fifteen? Yeah. Even like twelve years old, ten years mm-hmm. old. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Straight up labor jobs.
1: Uh huh. Mm-hmm.
0: Now. W- we only start making money when we're at least eighteen, like sure. serious money. Eighteen, twenty-two. I'm a medical. Well, at least I hope to uh, get into medicine. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be making money in residency, so I'm going to be around twenty-six. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's a long time to wait. That is, especially if you like. If you're trying to save it for marriage, if you're like a, a principled. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not saying atheists are not principled, but sure. uh, if you believe that. Uh, sex is something that's meant for marriage. Sure. And you want to live by those principles. Different
1: ideas on family planning is how I would put it. Well,
2: here's here's the other thing is it's not just whether or not you're waiting for marriage. It's a lot of dudes nowadays, the, the incels or the forever alone types, they think that they can't get
0: it. What's an incel for the listeners?
2: So an incel is a term used in the online community a lot. It means involuntary celibate. It's essentially a guy who um, is not able to get with the girls that he wants to. It's not necessarily somebody who's never had sex before. That's kind of a key distinction. And certainly do a lot, doing a lot of looking into the incels and what drives them. Uh, I've, I've learned that it's not necessarily virgins. It's more along the lines of people who are very, very debilitated and or are, are giving up on the whole idea of getting with a girl because of some bad truth they've learned or because mm-hmm. of just years of not having a girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And certainly when I imagine, I mean, I've had you know, a fair amount of girlfriends since I was in high school. Mm-hmm. And I'd say, well, I, I, if I imagine myself in their shoes, yeah, sure, I'd be pissed too. So certainly that comes into play when I think about why they might be going into looking at porn. But that's not an excuse for it, of course. Mm -hmm. The question is, how do you tell somebody who is in that position that they've got to avoid that kind of stuff or it's going to screw them up later in life? Because even if you do show them something like that, they, I, I'm inclined to think that a lot of people would just say, "Well, this is the the best alternative," uh, because looking at investing in women in general is just a losing game.
0: Mm-hmm. So you you have incels who what are. What do you on mean investing in women is a losing game? Well, for them.
2: Yeah, that's what they. That's what a lot of them claim, and that's what it means to sort of take the black pill as a lot of them uh, phrase it. You know, there's taking the red pill, which is sort of apparently becoming mindful of how...
0: How intergender interaction... Yeah,
2: how how the sexes interact and what mm -hmm. exactly you can do to attract women. But Mm -hmm. taking the black pill is taking all of those truths and, according to them, again, their words, not mine, realizing that the game is rigged from the start. Mm -hmm. So you have the incels and then you have the MG-toe, who are men going their own way, and they would sort of provide the same defense of porn by saying that, well, it's a useful game to sort of go after partners and women and marriage and all these other things. So we are going to resign ourselves to porn and something that I think is even worse than porn, which is a, a relatively new phenomenon, which is which is sex dolls and sex uh, robots, yeah, which is so a new... Replacing something more lifelike. It's a new emerging phenomenon, and uh, even I was watching a video of this guy named Turd Flinging Monkey, who's a, uh, <laughs> a YouTuber who claims to be MGTOW, and he's telling... He's trying to justify... I have
0: seen some of their tweets before.
2: Yeah, he's trying to justify having sex with this robot, and I was I was appalled by it. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous.
1: Have you guys seen... This is a little funny, but have you seen like the meme of the Asian guy wearing the VR helmet, and like it yep. has it up on the display and there's yep. like a doll right there oh, that's going at it yeah. like it's hilarious <laughs> yo but from
0: your perspective though if it acts like the real thing and you get the same mental stimulation from it is it not the same thing uh no it is why not? Be,
1: uh, one because i mean sex on its most basic level is i think itself an, an act of love and uh being very vulnerable and personal so uh, earlier i said that masturbation is justified uh, I would say that insofar as they curb urges, like if you're about to go make a kid with a chick at the wrong time in your life, don't do it. For sure. Um, and also, once again, from time to time, uh, treat it like uh, it were alcohol or some other vice. Yeah. Um, but when I'm looking at porn in or uh, masturbation in general, and going back to uh, what it actually is, it's a it's a chemical reaction, one of the strongest. I mean everyone knows of the o ladies can't find it guys got it all the time. <laughs> and uh What do you mean by that? Orgasm. Oh okay. Um and <laughs> and the thing is is that uh people have to be certain that this is something not to be toyed with because uh, I do think it is an addiction. Uh once you can't complete uh certain routines uh, and you start feeling the ill effects of overuse
0: right okay so take the college student okay so um you're saying that porn is bad but at the same time um for whatever reason you can't get sex either that you're saving it for marriage or you're in self so what are you supposed to do then that's
2: an interesting question
0: because, I like, don't know. <laughs> <You> know? <laughs> like I, I wish I had all the answers on this one, yeah. but I, I really don't. I think there's a lot of con- considerations with this one. I'm gonna give you a recommendation that I personally use in order to uh, reduce my own drive: uh, fasting, fasting, yeah. um, reducing the amount of uh, food that you intake. Um, even if from both a religious perspective and from both a secular perspective, it does reduce your your sex drive so for anyone who's listening out there or struggling with this as a and you honestly believe it's an addiction and you honestly want to change yourself and like improve yourself, then fasting is the way to go
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, intermittent fasting if you're secular if you're religious um, go go religious fasting
1: what about working out and in, and uh, in intramural sports stuff like that too I mean I feel like you'd be pumped full of testosterone, find your hobbies or interests that kind of align with that, but more
0: physical, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking. On, on and be, so, that. be social I'm and spend social. your time outside of outside of being alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I'd say that for me, one of the main things that's able to keep me away is flirting and talking to girls just in general. Mm-hmm. And maybe some people can relate to this, maybe some people can't, but what I do a lot of the time at parties is I end up talking to a girl for a good lot of it. And then I get really close to the point where it might be, oh, we're going to sleep together or we're going to make out or something. But then I don't and I hold myself back. Mm -hmm. But just being playful, you know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And just that flirtatiousness is enough to um, satisfy the the minimal urge you might have. Uh, Now, that being said, for a lot of people who probably won't know what I'm talking about, that'll probably be um, enough for them to end up sleeping with somebody or um, randomly hooking up with somebody. That obviously I would not recommend. But if you want to talk about how I usually tend to handle these things, that would be the way, along with fasting and working out,
0: for sure. So, do you think? Here's here's a random thought experiment. It's not random actually. Here's a thought experiment. What would happen if OSU uh, said that porn is a drug? Okay, and therefore mm-hmm. banned it from from universities that you're not allowed to access it via the school computers or the school internet because in Saudi Arabia for example they banned all porn
1: uh-huh.
0: you can't access it unless you like use VPNs. so that's why every in high school when I was in Saudi Arabia uh, whenever we would see VPNs like on a person's laptop we just make fun of them mm-hmm. because like <laughs> obviously that means they're using they could they have the potential to use their laptop for pornography yeah. even though you could like um, there are certain Iranian websites or like certain news outlets that are uh, uh, that are blocked by the Saudi government as yeah. well. Um. Well, okay. Here's the thing. I'm gonna
1: I'm gonna go with the best possible case where there somehow there's someone who was able to get away with watching porn on a campus computer or a campus Wi-Fi.
0: Campus wi well, like in, in dorms.
1: And in, in, okay, in dorms, sure. And that they weren't caught by their roommates. Um. And I feel like this would extend on maybe some legal arguments about privacy uh, for uh, refusing their use uh, of this URL. But I think if OSU outlawed it, it would have a really good uh, beneficial effect to males and females across the whole university. Uh,
2: I tend to think that it wouldn't necessarily make a
0: difference. Because people will find their way around it or whatever. Yeah, if
2: there's one thing my generation, or our generation, I guess I should say, is really good at, it's finding a way around these sorts of things, and when I went to a Catholic school, Catholic high school, we were all using VPN to get to a bunch of different websites, not porn sites, mind you, uh, that would be really stupid. Cool math games, right? Right, yeah. Now, it'd be really stupid to use that, uh, to go to porn uh, while you're at school, but essentially people would find a way around it, and... I don't think it would really stop people from looking at porn. Um, Again, this is one that I think is more of a a cultural and a social issue than one that's primarily political. That being said, uh, there are really, really terrible types of porn out there that are Mm -hmm. so incredibly inappropriate uh, that they need to be banned by law. Like what? Child porn. Child porn.
0: Oh, yeah, of course.
2: Yeah, I, and that's, that's terrifying. I also think, you know, there's also incest porn and rape porn
0: and all this stuff you mm-hmm. kind of find on the dark web, which people have unlimited access to, of course. Yeah, but that kind of stuff can... Okay, it's not our, any of our business to uh, whatever other people watch, but at the same time, the, we're living with these people, and if, if we're legalizing drugs, right, okay, everyone has their own... Everyone has... Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so drugs, right? Mm-hmm. Why should we care about what other people do with drugs? It affects us because we live in a society. We're humans. Mm-hmm. We're social animals. Mm-hmm. So if we legalize porn, these some people are going to view these extreme levels of porn. Mm-hmm. Okay. As a result of that, we're going to be living with more degenerated people.
1: Sure.
0: Okay, if, if I If Sorry? I agree you'll get more degenerated people with porn. Mm-hmm. So it's it's negatively affecting the society. There are negative externalities to it. Yes. So just like how we uh, ban drugs, mm-hmm. certain drugs that are made illegal, we should ban certain types of pornography as well. And if you want to take a more extreme or a more hardline position, just ban pornography in general, like how the government of Saudi Arabia did.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I wonder what effect has that has that had in Saudi Arabia. Do you think that
0: people masturbate a lot less in Saudi Arabia? Than no, they do people still find ways around it. Right. So that's kind of what I'm getting. At, it's though. from a it's it's more like a governmental position, not uh-huh. as much of an effective one as much as a uh, like a, a com- symbolic one. Symbolic one, right? Oh, I mean
2: that's a, I mean that's a good consideration. Uh, certainly, if the government were to ban it uh, as a symbolic action, it certainly would send a message down to people that they need to start caring a little bit more about uh, the these social issues. Uh, So, in that sense, you could say that the government hasn't necessarily put a cap on it, but they've really began with an initiative that, that could have some repercussions in the public eye. I'd say if the government were to start a campaign against it, though, that would be a lot more effective. Maybe not necessarily banning it, but advertising against it, sort of like the FDA does with smoking, because smoking, I'd say over the years, people have done a very good job of uh, creating a stigma around. Certainly, mm-hmm. when you see those truth commercials and the FDA commercials, where the guy will pull out his teeth before he smokes a cigarette, mm-hmm. or the woman will pull off part of her skin.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, how you would create ads like that? With like porn, it's already embarrassing enough to like to mention that you're a porn addict or whatnot. Yeah. So there's already a, a somewhat of a social stigma. So just play off of that somehow.
1: I know, but I hope I. What I'm worried about uh, as I'm listening to this is, I think we all can agree there are a lot of pitfalls to watching porn and uh, more broadly, as sexual obsession. But I'm I'm not going to be one to argue for the benefits of porn. But I will argue for maybe the freedom, maybe of no, maybe a cultural superiority or a feeling of moral superiority over people who might.
0: Not view porn. Of, of. Might
1: might, not, might view porn as benign and and use it responsibly. Quotations there. Um, so what I'm look from the culture perspective, I think that uh, that should be considered. Although I do like the idea that the Saudi government has made a symbolic step to enforce this norm, uh, cultural norm as it is, and allows for uniformity and, and more political coordination. I agree with that. Uh, there could maybe be something like that reprodu- reproduced on campuses. Uh, I don't see uh, that being something. Buckeyes really against porn. Make a make a club. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Buckeyes,
0: yeah. Buckeyes just... against porn addiction. Honestly,
2: yeah, I I would not be opposed to that. Certainly, what surprises me is I find a lot of the modern feminists are pretty silent on the issue. I haven't heard any uh, any feminists really talk about
0: it. Well, actually, that's because feminists are actually divided on this issue. Some of them are anti-porn, saying that objectifies women. Some say that um, w- women should have the right to ex- to seek employment in pornographic videos.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: this is actually a very contentious issue among among third wave fem- Western feminists.
1: Yeah,
2: yeah, I don't I don't really see any other way to look at it other than it's objectifying to women.
1: You know, I mean. Some might, I would sit, I would see that some people say that it liberates women, meaning they have control of their sexual faculties. Look at the Instagram models, look how many followers they get. Look how much
0: money they can get from their followers, honestly. Look
1: how there's a market to be uh, a change maker or someone with a a big follower account. Like, yes, you might be objectifying your body, but damn, you're profiting from it. And you might not even be a porn star, you could be the most celibate one um, significant other your whole life. I can think of a couple. I still don't find that liberating, though. To and them it might be. I'm saying subjectively.
2: Sure, to them, and that's where I think I would have a major uh, disagreement with the those people in the modern feminist camp because if you're going to say that this is what liberation looks like, it's like, well, not really. All, you're, you objectifying yourself is a form of devaluing. Right? And certainly men objectifying women is men devaluing them. So I don't think it, it can cut one way and not the other, which essentially means that women will always decry uh, men who will objectify them because that's men devaluing them. But what I say is that, okay, nobody gets to objectify anybody, whether you're a man, whether you're a woman, either one. Uh, You can't just say men shouldn't objectify women and then applaud a woman who objectifies herself. I don't think that double standard works at all.
1: Um, I'll agree to disagree. I don't see the double standard, although I'm sure there are definite cases in literature where that that has been uh, pinned down.
0: I want to mention the the curious case of this one Indian uh, porn star turned mainstream actress uh, called Sunny... uh, should I mention even the name? Sunny sure, Leone. Go ahead. Okay. So she was a porn star and then she transitioned into mainstream entertainment. Okay. So okay. just like movies or... Movies movie. and stuff. And um, mainstream movies are starting to accept it now. Mm. Okay. So I think that the line between entertainment and the the pornography industry is being blurred. And I find that uh, worrying mm. because like I come from a uh, very moralist paradigm. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, Also, I think that Instagram is it's the fusion of entertainment and pornography. It's they're just like it's just legitimizing it more because, look, back in the 1980s or 1970s, there was a very distinct line between Playboy and um, TV shows that Mm -hmm. that people and families could watch. I'd say I'd say that with.
2: Uh, certainly with TV shows, but with movies, I'd say that they were, those lines were pretty blurred. There's this one 1978 movie, uh, I forgot the name of it, but it depicts literal child porn, uh, I I mean you could look up the name of the movie. It's a nineteen seventy eight film. It was controversial back then. Maybe there's a remake of it too. I think I, I know what you're talking about. I I don't know, but it, it it's terrible to think about. But back in, I, I'd say this has been around since the
0: nineteen seventies. Oh well. Oh no! Mm. Googled it. Google didn't. I googled, <laughs> googled the like, 1970,
2: <laughs> 1978 child porn film. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, 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 I think it'd be better to say nineteen seventy eight film child or er, controversy uh, child porn. Uh, <laughs> some software engineers. The FBI is going to be looking for you, buddy.
0: Uh, oh, it's okay. E- that okay, one doesn't work. That doesn't work either. Okay. okay.
2: Uh, let me see if I can pull it up on my phone. I'll, yeah, I'll let should. Zane
1: say something. Oh, yeah.
0: Um, what was I going to Should forget? OSU ban pornography? I um, mean, for the sake of their students and their students' health and their students' mental health, yes.
1: I think there's already enough um, cultural, political, social stigma that it, it, in effect, is already banned. I, I'm thinking dorms, the proximity of your roommates. Like, you might have someone there who's like, yeah, I'm going to be out at this time, do your thing. Like, it's not like... It's an unspoken agreement. They don't actually talk about it. But, like... I think it's self regulated. Okay, so I found the name of it. It's called Pawnbreakers.
2: It's a film made in the 1970s, and it, it was a big deal back then because look at Pawnbreakers' movie. So, what's it about? The Pawnbroker. Yes, there it is. The Pawnbroker. It's about a guy who lives in New York and who survived the Holocaust, and it's 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 a very it's a relatively uh, disturbing story about sort of the horrors of life, but it was one of the first films to ever depict um, a child having having sex, and it's horrifying to think about. And it was in a lot of uh, controversy back then.
0: I mean, when you have this kind of stuff in mainstream I don't mean mainstream media in the sense of news outlets, but in mainstream media as in movies. Yeah, uh, it affects. The public psyche, the, the quote-unquote collective unconscious, it it changes the collective morality of what's acceptable or what's not acceptable. Right.
2: Yeah, I agree with that, and I'd say certainly there's a book on this by um, the man himself, Ben Shapiro, which I read a few yeah, a few months ago. It's called The Porn Generation. And it's actually about how in the early 2000s, a lot of this was a lot worse than it is today. And certainly. What do you you mean by that? Well, when I grew up. Uh, in the early two thousands, as well as you guys, you think a lot about those shows that you watched on Disney and on Nickelodeon, without realizing that a lot of the child stars you saw on those shows were sexualized at a young age. Uh, yeah. People like Britney Spears, mm-hmm. J- Jamie Lynn Spears, uh, Miranda Cosgrove, there would be a lot of subliminal sexuality, certainly in the way they were depicted, mm-hmm. and. I never picked up on it until I read the book because I thought to myself, yeah, when I was a kid, I did find myself sort of sexually turned on by these figures that I would watch in shows like, um, you know, iCarly, Drake and Josh. Uh, There's a a parody song that uh, a YouTuber named Filthy Frank made uh, called uh, Nickelodeon Girls all about how all of these oh, girls God. who used to watch on Nickelodeon it was it, it, it's supposed to be funny but it and, and you know it's it's terrible to think about but it's true that a lot of these studios would sexualize people at a very very young age so they could get viewers and that polluted the public mindset uh so i definitely agree with your point about how that does sort of inject its way into the uh public consciousness
0: mm-hmm. on the issue what about uh um... So on the topic of incels, if they can't get sex, isn't porn an outlet for them to to relieve themselves of their frustration? Or but do you think it just contributes to it more? What do you think?
2: I think it contributes to it to it more. It It's like when somebody is down on their luck and is unemployed and they go to drugs for an outlet. You don't say to them, well, keep going to those drugs because those are making you feel better. You say to them... That's not going to make your situation better in the long run. It's only going to make it worse. And I think that's the case for a lot of these incels. Of course, when you listen to somebody like Jordan Peterson, he says that the solution would be enforced monogamy among men uh, and women in, in the culture we live in. And I mean,
0: In the West, I mean, that's how it's been for like the longest time.
2: Yeah. You have pair bonding, which is essentially where it's one guy for one girl and people are married and able to uh come together. Now, and in the majority of the world that's the
0: that's how people operate.
2: Sure, sure. And I certainly think that that's a good solution, but saying that is one thing. You can't just say that and then expect people to change. What you can't say that to an incel and expect him to go, "Ah, yes, my I've been missing this the whole time. I need to enforce monogamy and then my life will become better." Well, no, not exactly. What a guy, what an incel I think needs to do is to stop focusing on girls so much and focus on 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 themselves, on on their purpose. They have to develop sort of, themselves a mission. Right, they have to develop a frame and a mission and go from there. Whereas, if you focus exclusively on girls. And you make girls your mission, and you do everything just so you can get girls.
0: Once you get girls, you realize it's not even worth it.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's a pretty meaningless life to just say, I'm going to strive just so I can sleep with as many girls as I can. That's 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 not meaningful.
1: Uh, my grandpa's cancer-free. Mm-hmm. Woo, oh, all right. Great. There it yes. is that so i had to take that uh, sorry about that right, you're good you're good man that's yeah, that's that's honestly great news to hear man yeah
0: yeah
2: very good we are, we're continuing our conversation mm-hmm. about incels uh, i would say i guess fahad posed the same question to him
0: yeah so do you think oh, yeah, that do you think that pornography for incels is a way for them to frustrate themselves or to relieve themselves of their frustration or do you think it contributes to it more um
1: both absolutely uh you're going to if If you can't get a girl, um, there's first that challenge of realizing that you can't connect with a girl and uh, basically makes it you put the girl on the pedestal and uh, porn is just the easy way to kind of simulate that artificial feeling or achievement. Um, And then I think by extension, it will always prevent them from being able to talk to that girl. So it's, so like, it it's like a welfare. Of,
0: yeah, it's, it's, it's a like, feedback loop, basically.
1: Honestly, it's, you know, it's like welfare.
0: Loop. It's welfare.
1: <laughs> it's it's like... <laughs> I've never, heard, I,
0: yeah, I've never yeah. heard it put that way, but that's, that's but do, an interesting perspective. But do you get what I mean by that? It's <sighs> like, okay, so going the hard way about things and earning your money, like earning your women, or not your women, your woman. Okay, just one, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one. woman. Okay, so earning your girl. So like working on yourself, and building yourself and turning yourself into an attractive human being, right, and into an sure. attractive man. Okay, that's the hard way of doing things. Or you can take the welfare route and just go the easy way down, and that, and that's pornography. Right? I mean, I get the comparison, but I mean,
1: it's, I think you it's get a lot, psychological. We're yeah, I think human. you do. You do get a lot more out of an
0: actual relationship than you do out of porn, oh, because sure. there's an emotional aspect to it. Like I value the, uh, human beings have a have a value to them. Right. Right it's not just the the mechanical the, the mechanical orgasm i don't want to be so crude but it, that's what it is <laughs> it's it's not just that it's it's like a friendship it's a companionship yeah.
2: well that's what i'm going back to again when i'm talking about the objectification thing you know objectifying people in general whether it's yourself or somebody else it doesn't help anybody it's it, it's not um it's not going to bring you that that meaningful fulfillment or happiness you strive for. It's just going to bring you this emptiness. And I think the same is true of drugs. Although I don't think there's as big of a uh, negative moral implication with drugs as with porn,
0: because with Hmm. porn you're dealing with other people. Well, sure. I I mean, drugs, I don't think you are But like in pornography, the people who are doing the act, they're consenting to it. And then you're consenting to the, to watching the video and they're consenting as well to having the video being played. Yeah. But again,
2: I'm, there's still the objectification, whether you you're consenting to it or not. not objectifying you're objectifying those
0: particular objectifying. people, yep. but you're not necessarily objectifying women as a whole. That's one argument people make well,
2: But you're still objectifying people. With drugs, you're not objectifying anybody. But what, nevertheless, what you are doing is not good for yourself because essentially it's you trying to uh, grab at something that uh, is not going to give you long-term fulfillment. So I'd say drugs are, are more just bad for you. Then they are uh, morally wrong whereas porn is a different story it's bad for you and it's morally wrong
1: drugs no uh pornography
0: yeah
2: yeah i'd say that
0: but zane wouldn't
1: uh, i wouldn't i don't i don't think there's anything moral about masturbation like to me it is so zane, what's your moral paradigm first let's get that moral paradigm so if we're gonna go to the foundation foundation uh, agnostic, build it up. agnostic atheist yes um, if anyone's heard of Jonathan Haidt's, um Five Moral Precepts, uh, him and a bunch of sociologists, psychologists are looking to establish um, the natural basis of morality in human communities in the interrelation. So we've based in biology in, in mechanisms that have helped us. Oh yeah, definitely look it up. Uh, that have helped us survive. There are certain principles that we all kind of align to. So it could be there's no fairness. Uh, the fairness principle uh a, a community member will um be rewarded if they don't cheat others uh whether it be for resources or uh you know um cheating on your significant other or uh, uh, uh abandoning your child that's not good for the community uh, so that's just
0: really the point um uh,
1: going back to why I view it as a um, I, peer, I view it as a biological impulse, an act. So, right. And, it's not, and you're, you're thinking it's not harming anyone. Uh, I'm not, yeah. I know it's harming the individual, but it's not harming society as a yes, whole. Yes, I think it's harming the individual in its excesses, and in, in, in really in any of these cases, in their extremes, uh, but not the community because really it's the individual who's losing out. The community uh, already kind of builds a hierarchy. Those people who are striving, so you're saying personal um, fulfillment, yes, uh, but where I disagree is that incentive. I, I feel like there are probably some sociopathic masturbators out there that have gone to the top of the um, capitalist hierarchy and that they were able to accomplish that. They weren't just voidless and meaningless For and sure. uh, didn't but, find any productivity. But I think that
0: uh, you, you said that the, the individual, like what the fate that befalls the individual does not affect the fate of the rest of society. Okay. Um, it's their choice, and it's, it's if they harm themselves. It's only, It's
1: not going to harm the rest of society. Uh, I dis- it, it depends on the numbers. So yes, if we have more people falling out, and uh, the reason why I, I I define it this way is to make it more open to talk about. Because let's say uh, it is de- uh, detracts from society. Well, how do we get to the root of the problem if it's stigmatized? I, I look at in. in in some of the ways of framing this is stigmatizing and not allowing those incels to actually get out of their uh, lock in uh, their their locked cages basically. Self-created, but they need someone else to help them. So, I mean, I hope that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I don't think porn's going to help them
1: get out of Oh, absolutely, cage. yeah. Um, I'm just... My basic contention is in order to help... I mean, we have to point out that porn in its excesses is bad, but in... in in its natural state, it's just another human impulse. You came at it from the neurological perspective. Uh, that it, that it is
0: indeed addictive.
1: Yes, and we have to point out that addiction, but also, in the same uh, note, we can't uh, condemn it morally as a community. Otherwise, this, I think it's going to like any human. Access. We don't have a state
0: religion, right, uh, or a state moral paradigm. I guess so. Yeah. Um, but then, if we can all agree secularly that it's. That it's bad for the community, that if an individual watches pornography, if an individual does heroin, okay, that leads to a negative externality for the rest of us. For example, Mm -hmm. if there's a factory that's producing water bottles and these water bottles, and as a result of the water bottles being produced, there's pollution going out and that's affecting everyone else, right, that they're not, the rest of society is paying a cost. For the production of those water bottles that are that the rest of society is not being compensated for, Mm -hmm. right? Similarly with pornography, the rest of society is paying a price Mm -hmm. for when a social price somehow, Mm -hmm. somehow, what that social price is. Well, what do you guys? Is there does the rest of society is the rest of society harmed? from pornography from the individual consumption of pornography
2: well that's the thing i don't necessarily look at this as whether or not it's detracting from society overall a society could society er, could survive whether they had pornography in it or not my deal again is with the flat out moral uh problem with it so you know i mean consider somebody watching and masturbating to child porn is not hurting their society in any way, but what they're doing is still wrong yeah. forgive because me for simply because a,
0: it's wrong. Forgive me for coming from a very materialist perspective.
2: Well, that's all right. And that's, I mean, that's a good I'm, starting I'm right spot. There. I'm right there with you. That, that, that's a fine starting spot, but sometimes I just, and there is a fundamental point where, uh, in my own moral paradigm, there's a fundamental point where you just say to yourself, okay, that is wrong. There are certain things you ought and ought not to do. Yeah. And I think when you start with the materialist perspective, you get Hume's problem, which is the is-ought problem. Just because something is a certain way uh, doesn't mean you can equate that to
1: what ought to be uh, by just operating off of materialism. For sure. And this kind of goes back to the basis of these moral standards. The reason why I I felt the need to at least um, posit my own foundations in Jonathan Haidt's uh, five precepts was that I think anyone who looks at murder, uh, child rape, all these really horrible acts, I mean, the difference between Tom and I is that he might say, I mean, I'm not going to... Tom's, Tom's a Catholic, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's going to say the the big guy said so. And, and I think I could make the claim that it, w- even me as someone who doesn't necessarily believe... And, and God, you you could technically even call me deistic. If there were enough evidence, if God were to come down to me today, I would be like, oh crap, I got it wrong. But you know, I hope you'd appreciate that I was holding myself in serious uh, intellectual regard in in trying to live out um, a, a principled life that might have not included God's moral precepts. But the the, the point being is that uh, it's. I think it's. A shared humanity, human solidarity, there are common principles that go across the moral um, doctrines of religious faiths that can still unite us. And give me uh, a way to say I do view child porn as abhorrent as someone who might be a believer. Humanism.
0: That's what it is. Mm-hmm.
1: I would I would just say, I, I don't even tend to look
2: at it religiously. I sure. tend to look at it uh, platonically. And Plato had his concept of what is the good, as in there is just good and evil. It's not necessarily something you even have to attach to a religious mm-hmm. mindset. I think it is something that is... Kind of ingrained
0: or as a result of being raised in a society?
2: No, not even that. I, I don't think it's just social conditioning. I think that moral values are ultimately grounded in God but we can come to know them without necessarily being religious. And that's where I think moral ontology is confused with moral epistemology. But I, I'm getting... I, I that's getting a whole another discussion. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah, getting, yeah, we're getting yeah, off yeah, topic, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going uh, back to the incel issue, uh, I would certainly say overall that porn is not going to help them in the long run, nor are... Uh, sex dolls, nor mm-hmm. are virtual reality sex. Mm-hmm. I think these things are ultimately bad for the individual and for the society as a whole. And they're just bad, period, in practice. Yeah. Uh, so not only are they not advantageous for human beings, but they are morally, uh, deba- er, morally bereft.
0: I would like for uh, one of you to read this definition of the word tantalizing. Uh, tormenting or teasing with the sight or promise of something unobtainable. So that's like having a donkey starving, and then you just put a piece of food in front of it, saying, "Donkey, you're about to get this food. You're about to get this food."
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you never give the donkey the food. That's precisely what porn is. Yeah, that's certainly the and, case. And tantalizing. Um, it's a tantalization is a form of torture. In um, I don't know if they use it in prisons or not but if you were starving and you were given like a uh, some food in front of you just sh- shown it and then taken and someone took that food away from you man that's rough
2: yeah so you're saying that porn essentially is that in that it, it's like a it gets you torture. so close to te- to sex
0: yeah. but it's not sex precisely
2: yeah and i i certainly the neurology aspect of it i'm i've read at least that the same uh you know, chemicals in your mind are operating when you're watching porn. Is mm-hmm. when you're actually having sex, almost mm-hmm. to the extent it that is. your subconscious thinks that you're having sex when you're watching porn. Mm-hmm. No,
0: you're precisely right. Which because
2: is damaging, you know, because then you actually do have sex, but
0: and then, then you realize it's just the same thing as porn. Then why not just go back to porn if it's easier?
1: Yeah, and that's <laughs> that's terrible. You know, welfare. <laughs> See, like I'm not, I'm not for the uh, second round of sexual revolution of the 1960s. I'm just, I'm for getting the more positive aspects and focusing on the negative individual aspects of porn addiction. Mm-hmm. And I'll say, I think it's more specific porn addiction. Uh, society as a whole can not, if, if you had to prioritize a list, I don't think this is one of the larger concerns. I think it, it will solve itself in the next five to 10 years. I mean, we are the, our generation, our peers specifically are the first wrestling with this issue. So, do yeah, you think the, so? Then again, millennials are having less sex Ooh, than, absolutely. than
0: yeah, any other previous generation. Yeah. There was some, like, shocking statistic on it. Yep. I, for, I forgot the actual statistic. you got got uh, declining birth rates. It's like... No, the you, amount of men who are having sex. Uh oh, really? Under the age of 30.
2: Isn't it like 30% of men are incels or something like that? I saw that statistic. I believe same, that. Same oh, my God. I would believe it. Uh, but... Uh, my point would be that I I don't think
1: it'll solve itself. Porn, video games, fast food, man. Yeah. Hook, hook me up.
0: That's that's probably what they've been saying. What we to, What do we wanted to search? How much uh, What percentage of men are incels? Are incels incels or have not had sex? Do Just not incels. have sex. Just incels.
1: Here's how much sex everybody is having by
0: Life Hacker. So it says as you grow older, there's a higher probability of you having sex. Sure, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean from the ages of 15 to 19. So this is not the website that we wanted to have.
2: I would just look up the, the incel one.
0: The incel. Look up how
2: many? What percentage of men are incels?
0: What percent of men are incels? Yo, know, if you had a message for 70 um, percent of American males. Monday blue. right now If male blues. sexlessness is rising, but not for the reasons incels claim by Lyman Stone at Why is this talking Ips about case? That's oh, crazy. yeah. That you was know, Alec Manassian. Alec, 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 yeah, Alec Manassian in Toronto. Yep. He called himself an incel. And as a result of the frustration of not being able to uh, have a girlfriend, he committed an act of terrorism oh, because he, of sexual he shot frustration. He
1: like six people or something. That's the same with Elliot. Roger, not married, married. Right here. So for our listeners, there are two uh, lines or two sets of lines. the The first set of lines is dotted, and it's showing a, a higher rate, uh, about 16 to 14 percent of men and women uh, who have not had sex with a partner in the past year. And then you see a much lower rate for those married couples uh, at about one percent. Uh, so they're
0: so of course, first. marriage is correlated with more sex um, for men. In 2016, uh, more than 20% of men have not had sex within the past year, whereas women, it's below 16. Hmm. There was some like crazy study that I, it was like all over Twitter. I don't remember, I don't remember the actual link though.
2: Yeah. And it is stuff like that that is pretty, pretty darn discouraging.
1: Um, uh, NSFG is never married. GSS is never. Oh, uh, these are.
0: I don't know what the. Oh, we'll find it later. Yeah, yeah. Sure. You yeah, Do you have? Do you guys have a message for President Drake if he ever listens to this? <laughs> would you want him to ban pornography?
2: Hmm. I would say no. I would say, say he no. should start a campaign against it because banning it is one thing, but actively discouraging it
1: is another, and I think one is more effective than the other. Yeah, I would say, hey, uh, get an education program going, especially the College of Public Health. We'll help you in our Health Behaviors, Health Promotion Department.
2: Yeah, I mean they they have a lot of resources on campus for people who have mental illness or people who are struggling with this or that. But start a club. Yeah, start a club. Nobody, nobody, nobody's talking about this on campus except maybe the religious groups. Uh, I did see. And a even that, that's like a campus.
0: side issue for them. Yeah. And even, even like in these religious groups, like <laughs> no one wants to talk about it because they all do it. Yeah. People are very,
2: very <laughs> uncomfortable to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And certainly I think for President Drake, it would be something difficult because if he did do it, he would get backlash for being uh, too moralistic probably. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, But it's an addiction, man. Like, yo, it's like banning weed on campus. Well, that one's a different question, you know. Like, you're not allowed to
0: smoke good. on campus. You're not allowed to vape on campus, yeah. but people still do it anyway. Of course uh, they yeah,
1: I I always remind people that it's no smoking campus when I see them smoking cigarettes. You you tell them that? Great satisfaction.
2: Yeah, well, it's like it's that's what I'm saying. It's one thing to have a rule written in stone, but it's another thing to have a whole campaign that says, "Hey, you got to stop doing this uh, because this is one wrong and number two, it's bad for you."
0: Stunning chart. Oh, wow. The share of men under 30 who aren't having sex has nearly tripled, tripled in, the in the past, past decade.
1: decade. There's the incel phenomenon. Right. So, uh,
0: damn. in 2008, about 10% of men were not having sex. Um, and then in 2018, yeah. that same group of individuals, so that between the ages of 18 to 30, um, now now 28% of men are not having sex.
1: And, and for women, uh, <laughs> the rates, for women,
0: rates about I would say two percent. So let's compare uh, two uh, times. Uh, in two thousand eight, um, women were at around eight or eight or nine yeah, percent, and, and at like twenty eighteen, they were at eighteen percent. So eighteen percent of women have not had sex in the past decade. Wait, so. And I don't, I don't. think this is gonna. This
2: statistic is gonna get any better in the next ten years. I think, if anything, with more access and it certainly. So if sex robots become more accessible, it's just gonna get
1: worse. Honestly. I'm in the minority here, but uh, I'm hopefully optimistic. And if, that's fair. If not naive, but I bullshit. wish. I
2: wish I could agree with you. Yeah. I, I
1: really do. What do you? What position you're taking? Oh, I'm taking that it these are only temporary trends that we will get over this um, kind of profane and very strange relationship we have with our devices. I mean, it's kind of echoed in, you've seen it in the walk away. And in political terms, people are now seeing the impacts and consequences of always being tuned in to technology. And I feel like that will color a, a broader cultural realization that technology and our interaction with it has to be in some way, tempered, and that means more self-efficacy. Uh, if you want to get laid, you're going to stop watching porn. These end cells are going to figure out one way or another. That's that's my hopeful.
2: I, I, ho- I hope you're right, and I wish I could agree with you. Should we wrap up, boys? Sure. Yep.
1: Um, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Valley Bullet at on Twitter. Um, you can also go to my website, BallyBullet.com, where I write on a slew of Different topics, uh, much to
0: your liking, I'm sure of. You can find me on Twitter at American Zabija, A-M-E-R-I-C-A-N-Z-A-B-I-H-A.
2: You can find me on YouTube at Tom fogarty 2000 Uh, Like I said on the last episode, I'm not a social media guy, so if you want me, I'm on YouTube.
0: Thank you.